You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcast. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Hope you've all had a wonderful weekend. It was beautiful weather. Hopefully you stayed safe, social distancing and all that. Uh, but a few developments over the weekend. First and foremost, the Little Debbie Sweet 16 championship game between Oatmeal Cream Pie and Nutty Buddy. And the final results are? It was a rout. Yeah. It was not close. With 2,333 votes, 55.9% of them went to the Oatmeal Cream Pies. 44.1% to Nutty Buddy Bar. So oatmeal cream pie, sort of the, it's like the, uh, it's like, I don't know, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich of uh, snacks, you know, like everybody, like, yeah. it, I feel like it hits the broadest number of people. Um, I agree. Maybe not the boldest choice, but it's just like, it just hit, like nobody dislikes the oatmeal cream pie. It has a um, rainbow coalition. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> About what I expected. I think I. I think. I think that's probably what I thought from the start would happen. That oatmeal cream pie would win it. I, you just wondered if anybody would knock off the cream pies or the nutty buddy. Um, and Swiss rolls came really close, but uh, before the finals. But uh, big day. I think. I think it's uh, important that uh, little Debbie gets our contact information and sends us a little <laughs> residual check because we've been getting people tweeting at us notes yeah. and pictures from the grocery store. Right. Uh, you know, I think people who haven't, haven't picked up a little Debbie snack in, in a long time have gotten back to it because of us. And uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, I, I'm sure there are plenty of regular little Debbie listeners out there who uh, on a regular basis, you know, go and pick up, a box of little Debbie's, but I think there are a lot of listeners out there who just didn't, you know, didn't think about it. Uh, just forgotten about it. I mean, the little Debbie section, once you've put it out of your mind that you're not, you're not looking for, you know, a sweet snack or something like that. And you're in the grocery store that you don't even look that way. I mean, it's, you're just oblivious to it. You just go on by. But if we've made you aware of it again, you go, Oh, there's the little Debbie. Oh Yeah. That one, yeah, okay. Now I remember, you know, zebra cakes. Okay. Oh, so that's peanut butter crunch bars. Oh, yeah. I think at and some like, point you like you think like you've outgrown them and you're not supposed to eat yeah. them, right? And especially if you don't have kids, like, mm -hmm. or your kids aren't of that age yet, or they're past that age. Like, I think it would be it's super easy to just like I got in that spot in my life where I just didn't eat them that much. I didn't think about them. Like yeah. it was like that's a kid snack, and I'm a grown up now, right? Uh, now I eat Cheetos, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the sophisticated yeah. snack. Uh, right. Yeah. Like, but those are the kind of things that like, once somebody gets it in your ear, like a, like a song, you don't really want to love anymore, but it's just so catchy. If somebody starts singing it or playing it, then it's stuck the earworm. A little yeah. baby's kind of like that. Somebody whispers like, nutty buddy bars. Right. And that's all you can think about. And then you oh, remember how, 
And then you remember how good they are. So, so you get there and you're looking at all the different ones and you go, oh my gosh, nutty. Yeah. I mean, nutty buddy bar is probably, which one do you buy? Because that's the champion and oatmeal pie is the number one bestseller uh, for the little W snack company. So that's why they're the winner. And, and again, I went into this believing that oatmeal cream pie was the number one overall seed and was going to win it and got so many different opinions, but in the end, it's the truth. Oatmeal cream pie is the one that, uh, that is undoubtedly the king. And I don't know if you noticed this because I started, when I went to their website and started going over everything, everything that they have that has the word cream in it, because they have chocolate chip cream pies, they have devil creams, they have all these different cream. They spell cream like creme. Oh, with an E on the end? Yeah, creme. like E-M-E. Yeah. Instead of E-A-M. I, I didn't notice I always that. thought it was oatmeal cream pies, E-A-M. Always. Oh, it's not? Have I it's been not. spelling it wrong the whole way? It's C-R-E-M-E. God, this is it's like almost Bernstein like, Bears. Exactly. The uh, false but you go memories to the, that we all have from our childhood. I never for a second thought it was spelled with the E-M-E. I mean, There's I've been no out this bracket. Let, let me look at this. I can't even believe that. Yeah, go to the Little Debbie website. They're all <laughs> spelled C-R-E-M-E. Why would it be that way? Because that's not even, that's not the way I think of it, but I... I don't know. I don't know why that spelling is that way. I mean, if you, what, what is the definition, the, you know, the, the definition of the two words, like the difference in definition. I don't, I mean, I, I mean, assume it's just a, I, I think it's the same, right? It's gotta be. Well, yeah. Let's I mean, say. cream with the EAM, that's like cream that you put in your coffee. I mean, that's, that is the fatty part oh, yeah. of Oat milk. milk cream. C-R-E-M-E. Cream pies, raisin cream. They have raisin cream pies. Oh, yeah, those those are Oof. the worst. I would Oof. never buy those. Can Peanut you imagine butter how cream awful pies those I are? Can get behind. Jelly and, and cream then, pies. I'm. This is one I didn't know there were this many of them. Uh, but yeah, I don't know that cream. Uh, I don't know. Okay, don't and know so with difference. the e, with the French spelling of cream, the first. Um, Noun is cream with an A. So it's really just the difference between the French spelling and so the American spelling. Little Debbie is French. <laughs> I guess Little Debbie is a French little girl. Debbie. Yeah. Uh, little okay. Debbie. <laughs> and the second definition of cream with the uh, just the E with E-M-E is one of a class of liquors of a rather thick consistency. Right. So creme de menthe, I guess. All right. So there you have okay. it. All you need to know about I Little never, Debbie never cream pies. knew that, and we've had it wrong on the bracket the whole time. I guess I never paid attention it. to it before. <laughs> never oh, paid attention had, no, to it. No, you had it right on the bracket, but I've had it wrong on, when I've been tweeting out the vote. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying before this, I never yeah. had paid attention to it, you know? Yeah. And then it, no, I didn't. I, that's amazing. Well, wow. you learn so, some. You listen to this podcast. You will learn something every single time. Yeah. Well, listen. Thank you to everyone out there who paid attention to our bracket and voted. And um, you know, somebody tweeted at us saying, um, "Hey, did you realize Little Debbie was doing one too?" Yeah, I, we said it from the start that after we started it, 
we, we realized little Debbie was doing a bracket at the very same time. Their winner was also oatmeal cream pies over nutty buddy in a route. So doesn't matter where the seating went. The cream rises to the top, baby. And it was oatmeal cream pies. Now, listen, just one show note for you. I mean, coming up in the show, we are going to talk some UK basketball. A uh, couple Wildcats definitely gone. How many will be gone? And then an interesting name entering the grad transfer uh, pool. Very so interesting. We'll talk about that stuff. But a, a programming note, we have been Monday through Friday during football and basketball season. Now that we're we're out of that, I mean, even though you know basketball season actually ended a little while ago and we have no sports, we're going to go down to three days a week. So we will go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday will be the normal days that we go. If something else comes up and warrants it that we go that particular day instead, we'll we'll let you know. But for the most part, it'll be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday until we have hopefully a college football season. But coming up next, we'll talk about Ashton Hagens and Tyrese Maxey when Locked On Kentucky continues. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery, see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking. Touch the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends, Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee, and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace Distillery, when open, offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week, year-round, like the popular Trace Tour, or see Bourbon Pompeii and walk through history on the E.H. Taylor Tour. So once things return to normal after this pandemic, visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. And again, once you are able to visit the distillery, once these restrictions are lifted and we are through the other side of this pandemic, if you go to the gift shop and mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, you will get 10% off merchandise there at the gift shop. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky, and over the weekend, uh, Kentucky put out a, a release, a press release, saying that Ashton Hagens is officially gone to the draft, which uh, you had predicted, we'd expected, and now Tyrese Maxey uh, expects to keep his name in the draft, which there really wasn't any question about that. Uh, but there's no doubt that Ashton Hagens that it, it could gain by returning. Like if he were to return and have himself a consistent season all the way through where he doesn't go through a lull of uh, increasing turnovers for five or six games and, you know, the way his season kind of finished. Uh, if he could go through an entire season without that and be as consistent as he was and play as well as he did for like the first two thirds of the season, then he then he probably plays himself into the first round. He could possibly even play himself into a lottery pick. But it's pretty clear uh, that both sides are ready for Ashton Hagens to move on. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think it was a foregone conclusion as soon as the season was over uh, that, that he wasn't coming back and that I don't think either side was, you know, I, don't, I don't know that Kentucky, like, really tried too hard to change his mind. Uh, I think Ashton had pretty well decided almost before the season even started, you know, he came back, uh, 
for a second year, and this was going to be it. He was going to play his way into the draft, and he has played his way into the draft. He's going to get picked. I don't think he'll be a first-rounder, but I think he's going to get picked, um, and that's enough for him. Um, don't think college was his favorite place to be, um, and he wants to be a pro. So uh, that's going to happen, and the, the, the domino now is Emmanuel Quickly. I mean, I think it's very much leaning. I, I've said, you know, after some optimism early on talking to his family, I think the, the vibe from them now that everybody's getting from the NBA to Kentucky program all the way across the board is that he is probably going to stay in the draft no matter what the feedback because he's got a chance to get drafted and that matters to him. Uh, whereas he wasn't going to get drafted a year ago and there's no guarantee of what happens if he comes back, but uh, that's the last domino. And so if, if, if that falls, at least in the backcourt, uh, the last domino, if that falls and, and Maxi, Hagens and quickly are all gone. Um, I think can, with Juzang transferring, I think Kentucky's, we talked so much and we'll talk in the last segment about big men and what are the big men options for Kentucky. But Kentucky's probably going to have to go get a grad transfer in the backcourt. Um, they have Boston. They have Clark. Neither of those guys are ball handlers. Those are wings. Uh, Cameron Fletcher is not a ball handler. Um, so they'll have, if quickly goes with those guys, Kentucky's going to have one point guard, period. One guy that can, you could even trust at all to handle the ball. And he'll be a reclassified young freshman, Devin Askew. Um, yeah. So I would say if quickly does stay in the draft and hopefully, you know, he'll let Kentucky know one way or the other relatively soon, because I think it's hard to go get a guy while there's the possibility looming still that quickly comes back. And that kind of hampers them as well. Uh, but if he lets them know that they, they have, excuse me, they have to go get somebody good. Um, you know, not great, but good. They've got to go get a proven solid guy who can, handle the ball, not turn it over. If they found a, you know, a combo guard from somewhere who averaged three assists and one and a half turnovers a game last season, sign him up. But you've got to have somebody who can give you a few minutes every game on the ball. I mean, one, you can't play, you can't play Devin Askey 40 minutes a game. No. I mean, just functionally, you cannot go into a season with only Devin Askew. And people, a few people were tweeting at me today about, you know, Boston and just because B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark are top five recruits doesn't mean they can handle the basketball. Uh, that's not why they're top five recruits. They are not point guards. Um, they're not backup point guards. They're wings. Uh, I think it would be a disaster if either one of them tried to handle the ball with any, you know, bring the ball up and initiate the offense. I just don't – I do not think it can work. Um, so Kentucky will be in a situation where they've got to go get a veteran point guard. And I just don't know – you know, how many options are out there? I mentioned the UC, uh, UNLV kid who's the brother, older brother of a top recruit, uh, Jalen Hardy, that they're trying to get, uh, Jaden Hardy, that they're trying to get in the 2021 class. But I, from what I gather, that doesn't seem like a likelihood for Kentucky right now. So where else yeah. are they going to turn? I don't know. I wonder how much of an impact what we're going through right now will have on the NBA draft as far as um, because I don't know how it all works. I mean, I know there's a collective bargaining agreement and I know each slot in the draft has a certain number beside it and years for a contract. And I know the first 30 picks are guaranteed a two-year contract, 
But right now they're asking the players to take a 50% decrease in salary uh, while they're going through this. Uh, the Players Association has come back and said 25% instead of 50%. Now, does that affect, though? again, it's a collective bargaining agreement that's already been done and signed, but you know, could the owners say, well, we just can't pay that kind of money right off here. During this time, we can't make that kind of investment. Are they talking about that? Are they meeting about that? Is that going to change the money in the draft? I, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't then, know. You then your summer league situation. Yeah, yeah you're not going to yeah, have the a summer, summer league, league situation. Really sucks. I mean, if they can't play summer league, and I don't, I don't really don't even see how they would. I mean, they're they're trying to like if they can play some basketball in the summer, it'll be trying to finish their season. Um, so that takes away an opportunity to. Well, a lot of different things. It takes away an opportunity to sort of show what you can do as a rookie. Yeah, it's it's weird, but I also wonder if the flip side, if if more of these guys aren't coming out now because of all the uncertainty about next year. Like, what if you know, what if they don't play basketball next year? I think we all think at some point they'll play college basketball. But what if they don't? What if you came back? What if you're a fringe guy and you came back and then they didn't even play a season next year? <laughs> now, yeah. where do you stand in the draft? You know, you haven't, you haven't played anywhere. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is uh, for guys. It does feel like, I mean, and I think we're going to talk about this in the next segment too. Like it, this, we are looking at maybe the biggest exodus ever for Kentucky under Calipari. Well, just ever, period. I mean, they could yeah. end up with eight of their nine guys who played this year gone. That's crazy. Quickly and Montgomery both leave. We know... Uh, Hagen's and Maxie are gone. We assume Nick Richards is gone. And if Quickly and, and Montgomery both leave, which it seems to be trending that way for both of them now, um, that's seven of the – I'm sorry, eight of the nine guys who played because Sistina's gone, his eligibility's up. Khalil Whitney left in the middle of the season. And Johnny Juzang transferred. I mean, eight of nine guys have – you have one guy back who's ever played college basketball? Um, that's tough. Even no matter how good your recruiting class is, that's tough. I mean, they yeah. they suddenly could have some very big questions. Where for a while it was like this team's going to be loaded next year, like young talent and experience. Now, yeah, it's major major question marks. Yeah, I mean, you look at 2012. It was Marcus Teague, um, Darius Miller. Deron Lamb, Terrence Jones, Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Uh, those guys were all gone. I think maybe who else played on that team besides Kyle Wiltshire? I mean, Kyle Wiltshire came back. Yeah, then... that's yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that would be the closest thing, and that well, we know what happened in that next season. Um, Eloy Vargas played on that team. He was and he was gone. gone. Was yeah. Yeah, I mean they only played seven guys and, and right. six of them. And so left. just right. Yeah. So that I mean that's a that's a similar situation. I mean, you had Jared Paulson, uh, Kyle Wilcher back the next year. Uh you had to go get a total band aid and Julius Mays, the first grad transfer that Cal took in his mm-hmm. time here, which without Your him made a big recruit was Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel and Archie Goodwin and and basically yeah. no and Alex Poitras was a sophomore, right? No, actually, okay. he was a freshman. Freshman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, I mean, think about that. Um, 
you know, you had Archie Good when we're talking about, oh, well, they still got a great recruiting class coming in. You had Archie Goodwin, Nerlens Noel, and Alex Poitras coming in. They were highly rated. Yeah. Um, you know, that team was like preseason number two or something crazy, two yeah. or three, that 2013 team. They had their own show. Um, <laughs> you know, that right. remember that? that Never, again. Never again. Never um, again. Hang on a second. I'm going to. I mean, because. You talk about John Calipari, people, people that know John Calipari who are around him a lot, like behind the scenes that are around him in his day to day, talk about how superstitious he is. He's and, majorly superstitious. Yes. And he will, you want to Kentucky all access as great as that is a recruiting tool uh, for people to have access to the program that way to see Kentucky basketball behind the scenes on ESPN you know, for whatever, three, four weeks at whatever, how long that series ran. He's never doing it like that again. No, no, never. Because the I'm, season was a disaster. Yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, it, it was, and then everybody said, well, they were entitled because you know, they, that was the group also that moved into the lodge. So yeah. You know, the title team didn't even have that new lodge. So I believe Maybe I might be wrong about locker room because, you know, shortly after they, they turned their locker room into a, they put the national championship floor down and had the mm-hmm. dome lighting and all that. That might not have right. been that season, but I know that that 2013 team had the show. They moved into the, what was at the time, like the state of the art uh, players lodge, the new lodge that was right across from the practice facility that had the everything designed for seven footers and all that. And so then everybody said, well, they were just spoiled. And as it turns out, probably not. They were just not good. I mean, they didn't have anybody back. Um, but when you take a, talk about, well, recruiting, you know, the recruiting will, will cover it. I mean, Nerland Noel was the number one recruit in the country. Alex Poitras, number seven in the country. Archie Goodwin, number 15 in the country. They had three top 15 dudes come in. Yeah. And they stunk. Uh, and Willie Cauley-Stein was the other kid uh, in that class. I mean, those are – Every single one of those guys, three of three of those guys got drafted. Um, two in the lottery. Alex played in the NBA. Is still kind of bouncing around. Uh, all four of those guys played in the NBA. I mean, Nerlens is still in the NBA. Colin still in the NBA. Um, so Goodwin's Goodwin's I mean, probably the you, only one who you, didn't stick. Yeah, when you lose that much, it's tough. To replay, I mean, it's tough to just say the freshmen are really good and they'll take care, take care of it. It's really tough. I mean, Cal's best teams have been a blend, and I think that's why people were like, in advance of the end of this season, we're getting excited about next season because they thought, oh well, you know, quickly will be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Montgomery will be back, Brooks will be back, Juzang will be back. That's a that's a four. If you had those four and any yeah. decent group of freshmen, you'd feel great. It's um, much different and now. Much different. And you might still feel great by the time the dust settles. But right now, if they lose quickly at Montgomery, and so that's five, all five starters and eight of their nine guys who had action last year, you have to be uh, kind of freaked out unless they add a high-level grad transfer or two, which I guess we can talk about in the next segment. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we'll do when we return on Locked On Kentucky. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. All right, we're back here on Locked on Kentucky. And yes, the difference between quickly Montgomery, Juzang, and Brooks all being back and just Brooks being back is enormous. And so now you're relying on, which is the number one recruiting class in the country. But again, they're all freshmen. 
And I mean, I don't have to tell you how difficult that is, how long it takes. Um, it gets old hearing Calipari say it when he, you know, starts to blame shortcomings on their young players, but it is what it is. This is, this is the truth. And the results have been wonderful. I mean, they've been great results. It's hard to argue with the results, but this, this is what happens. It takes time for those freshmen to become what Johnny Juzang and Keon Brooks were at the end of last season. Well, those were just two guys they needed to come along to help contribute off the bench. Now you're possibly looking at four of the five starters being those guys and your top one or two off the bench being those guys. So it gets to be frustrating. What helps is when you can have a Reed Travis or a Nate Sestina. I mean, the leadership those guys brought, although there's such a, you know, a gap in age, those freshmen on both teams, both squads, Reed Travis's and Nate Sestina's, they both looked up to those guys. They both had respect for them. And Sestina, at one point, I can remember Joel Justice talking about him being the 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 kind of glue that held it together, the communicator. Um, and he went out of his way to be a good teammate. So if you can get a guy like that, especially on a team like what we think Kentucky's going to have next season, it, it would be a pretty big addition. Yeah. And, you know, lo and behold, the uh, like manna from heaven for Kentucky, a, a perfect plug and play big man may have just fallen out of the sky <laughs> uh, and take cover because he's big. He's, Seven foot three, two hundred and fifty pound Matt Harms from Purdue, which I was shocked, um, really shocked that he is leaving Purdue. Um, and he's the kind of kid that, I mean, if they could get a guy like that, I would think they need to go all out to get him. That's that yeah. is the perfect uh, guy for them. He's played three years at Purdue. He's played in one hundred and two games. He started forty games. His career per forty minute averages. 14.9 points, 8.7 rebounds, 4.1 blocks. Um, he's blocked 210 shots in his college career. Um, and Rim protection is key for Calgary. Yeah, basically, teams. as I understand it, they've got a situation where they had at Purdue where they had two big men that both had sort of strengths and weaknesses that couldn't really play together. Trevion Williams is the other at Purdue. Um and so they had to sort of pick and choose. They would play them in like kind of a rotation instead of alongside each other. Um, and so Matt Harms started eight fewer games and played like three or four minutes fewer per game this year than last year. Uh, and all his numbers went down. And as a sophomore, he averaged 9.4 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 2.1 blocks per game. Um, and then he, those numbers took a dive this season. I think he just wanted to go to a place where he could be the big man. Well, welcome yeah. to Kentucky. If, you know, yes. If, if it works out that way, like he plug him in as your starting center right now. Yeah. Uh, and you play him and alongside right one of those freshmen or Keon Brooks, uh, whoever. I mean, they don't have anybody right now that you would say you would start. O- you would start over a, a proven Big Ten starting center who's blocked two hundred shots in his college career. And you um, love the idea of Isaiah Jackson's shot blocking ability to go with that guy. Right. And that is a guy that maybe you could play Jackson at the four and him at the five. And then you just have elite rim protection, which Kentucky hasn't had in a while. I mean, Cal Perry talked about that when he was tweeting live, tweeting the replay of the national championship game from 2012 yesterday. 
you know, I'm watching this, remembering how like we had three guys that could challenge everything. Um, I I just think this is like a no brainer if you're Cal Perry. Like, go go see this guy and or virtually see him, I guess. Zoom him and say, would you like to be the starting center at Kentucky? Welcome aboard. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. They don't promise that very often, the starting job, but I would promise it to this kid and yeah. call it a day. And then go find yourself a a solid assist to turner turnover guy grad transfer guard uh, who can be a secondary ball handler and now you're fine again but um earlier today before this news came out i'm saying like they need to be like recruiting ej montgomery like the most important recruit ever um mm-hmm. because there aren't any options out there there aren't any like oh this is definitely going to be fine if we get this grad transfer there those don't right. exist i mean there's not a reed travis out there and then this guy comes along. This, I mean, this—that's exactly what you know. Reed Travis was to them—a proven uh, power conference player, not a lower conference guy that you you know is going to end up being a role player at Kentucky. Uh, this guy could come in and be a major factor. You know, he could get you ten and six uh, and block two or three shots every game if you give him 25, 30 minutes. That's what they need. Um, so this is a really—I mean, I'm, I'm not really operating on inside information. I'm just using common sense here to say like, this ought to be a major priority for Kentucky. Yeah. Which by the way, that national championship game that he was live tweeting, did who else had it in the Lexington area? Did you have to go to like CBS all access, I guess, to watch the rest of it? Cause oh, didn't I, Andy know. Bashir, I didn't even, I didn't I mean, Andy Bashir came on at five o'clock. I didn't watch it either, it but off. yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't watch. I wasn't watching. And then at, oh, I don't know, maybe like 5.30, 5.40, I saw a tweet from Calipari and said, oh, yeah, well, I'll watch the last, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. And I flip over there and Andy Brashear's on. Oh, wow. So I imagine. Um, but he's that still tweeting the first it as it's happening. Andy Bashir, uh coronavirus <laughs> response. Right. <laughs> Because Calipari was still tweeting it as it was, you know, going on while Bashir was talking. But in Lexington, you know, the only CBS affiliate is, of course, you know, WKYT, which had. And in Louisville, I don't know. I would imagine they also take Andy Bashir live at five every day. So I don't know. Maybe Calipari has streaming service and he gets his CBS through, you know, the CBS app. I, I don't know. I don't know. If someone wants to tweet us uh, the answer to that, you can. I am at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. That's right. I had to think about that for a second. (laughs) I'm like like searching for uh, information about Matt Harms. (laughs) Well, thank you to everyone for participating in the Little Debbie Sweet 16. Uh, Congratulations to Oatmeal Cream Pie, the the champion uh, forever and ever. And uh, we'll be ba- we will be back with you on Wednesday. Again, we're going to a three times a week schedule now that we're into the uh, spring summer months here. We'll be on Monday and Wednesday and Friday. So we will talk to you again on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.